When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. This program is a paid commercial announcement from Jacob Media Partners and does not reflect the views of WPHT or its management. Today's program is pre-recorded. This is Women to Watch. To rise above all of the noise and fulfill every last one of your dreams. Women to Watch, sharing the real stories of the most accomplished women in the world. It is for those frightened children who want peace. It is for those voiceless children who want change. Be inspired by women from across the globe. True philanthropy comes from living from the heart of yourself and giving what you have been given. Who are encouraging more women to pursue their dreams? What I know to be true is that women were always meant to lead. And by shining a light on those doing it well today, my hope is that more women will find their own voice. Now, here's the owner, founder, and host of Women to Watch, Sue Rocco. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to another week of Women to Watch. I'm Sue Rocco, and it's always good to be back with everyone. Uh, a brief reminder before we begin the show to stay with us during the breaks where you'll hear from our exclusive watch team of on-air contributors. These are all women leaders at their companies who bring news, education, and their expertise from their industries to the show each week. We are incredibly grateful for their sponsorship and their support. As we continue to expand into new markets, we are always looking for additional corporate partners. So if you're interested in learning more, feel free to email me at susan at womentowatch.net. And be sure as well to download the podcast uh, and listen from any major podcast platform by visiting womentowatch.net, where you can sign up for our newsletter and, and stay in the loop on all things Women to Watch. So now I'd like to welcome to the show Joy Garner. I'm so excited to have Joy. She is uh, Executive Vice President, General Counsel, and Corporate Secretary for Think 450, which is a subsidiary of the uh, NBPA. Um, I'm a sports fan, so I'm, I'm really excited to have you. Thanks for joining me, Joy. Thanks for having me. And, and Sue, thanks for having this platform. I, I really appreciate uh, women or anyone specifically that's decided to put uh, women in, in leadership out there and, and show the young women that there's a place to go, a place, uh, place to build towards. Oh, I thank you for saying that. I really appreciate it. And I, you know, I really believe um, that the way to have impact is simply to have women like you really share your personal life stories. You know, it's mm -hmm. more about... Um, that to me than the awards and accolades of of everyone's career so i appreciate your willingness to do it great i agree i agree i, I think if, if i could have had anything when i was younger it would have been access to knowing that that the jobs were there that yes. this, the opportunities were there yeah um and so this platform is one of those that, that that's making that happen for other women so thank great you. well you know what let's let's start there because um i i want to talk about your years growing up in philadelphia which is my hometown and yep. um, tell me a little bit about the community you grew up in and um, what kind of influence your your family had on the career path you took 
Sure. So um, I grew up, I was born in South Philly, um, uh, Tasker Street, Mifflin area, um, and went to Greenfield in Center City, uh, which was uh, uh, elementary school. Um, back in, I mean, it's a long time ago, <laughs> South Philly, um, it was a working class neighborhood. Everyone, you know, everyone from the neighborhood had jobs, blue collar jobs. My uh, parents, well, my mother worked with at PSFS, and then her brother opened up a McDonald's, and she went and got into and, and got into that business. So I've been around a woman who's led a company basically my entire life, mm. uh, because she went and became uh, basically the right hand to my uncle and his wife um, in building his business. Uh, the McDonald's franchisees. Um, the first store was in King of Prussia, and now they're up on on, on Broad Street, Broad in Allegheny, Broad in Diamond. Um, and so my my family's impact was watching my mother run a business, but also, you're from Philly, you know, you don't have a choice in Philly. You're a sports fan, whether you like it or not. <laughs> right. You just don't. I tell people all the time that my your first words are go Eagles and your first swear words are Cowboys. So, <laughs> yeah. So uh, the impact of sports was heavy uh, in my household and in my life. Um, at Greenfield, I was the manager of our, our basketball team. And I say all the time, I've been um, supporting athletes since – I was 11 years old. So so you were really is, showing leadership skills at a young age if you were managing a team in middle school. Well, yeah, in middle school, <laughs> I guess so, right? But the manager back then just hit the foul button and <laughs> <laughs> kept the books, right? They kept the score. books and hit the, hit the button and said it was time to sub someone in. So, yeah. yes, that was definitely. <laughs> yeah, but at least you were there. And I understand you were a cheerleader as well. And I wonder, you know, was that when your love of sports came or was it before that? Oh, it was way, it was way before that. I did that at the, I was in high school. I was on the Central's pep squad team. Mm-hmm. Um, but my love of sports, I'm serious. I can't remember a time when I didn't love sports. I remember when the Sixers won, uh, won the chance. I think that would have been 80. 81? Yes, I think so. I was, um, yeah. I remember that. I remember the parade um, vividly. And, and so there's not a time where I can't, where, where sports wasn't a huge part of my life. Yeah. That's interesting mm-hmm. to me that, you know, very often the women I interview have taken so many twists and turns before they end up where they really were meant to be. And mm-hmm. here you had this love of sports and here you are with one of the greatest jobs. You know, do you feel you you found your niche and your niche and, you know, it was always where you wanted to be? Well, yes and no. Right. So my career also took twists and turns. Uh, I started out doing uh, in sports in entertainment, working for Violator Records and Management. That was my first professional job. Obviously, my first job was with my family. My first professional job was um, at Violator. Um, And then I left entertainment and went to doing straight public relations um and i think i did i was pitching a satellite media tour which involved me getting up at about four thirty-five in the morning and calling uh, news directors around the country just to pitch and this time it was nancy reagan was promoting some drug um, that helped irritable bowel sh- syndrome and i was doing this and i thought Okay, I just graduated from college, and I thought, "Wow, this is I, this is what a publicist does. This is what what 
<laughs> life is. Um, and then something came through and the MBA was a client. Oh, and I, okay. And that's when the bell, I said, wait a minute. I, I could work I for them. <laughs> yes. Yeah. I could be, instead of pitching this, this drug, which I'm sure was a fabulous drug, but <laughs> I could be actually doing PR for something I'm really interested in, something I'm tied to. Um, and at the, it took that moment of me, that, that light bulb going off. And then I, I, from there, I went to the library um, and pulled out the MBA puts out this blue book with uh, directories of all the PR directors uh, throughout the industry. And I must have I applied to every team in New York City, every team in uh, 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 Philadelphia area, the NBA, the NFL. I, I, I applied across the board for a PR job. And I had a love for basketball, but it happened to be that basketball also had an opening at that time. Okay. So, yeah, it, it happened. That those that that's how that that I moved from doing corporate public relations to sports public relations. Yeah, I was curious um, about that. How it how it ended up being basketball. Um, you know, PR can be a really tough industry. Mm-hmm. You're you know you've worked with athletes and you know actors, reality stars. Do you what is it about you that that allows you to be able to deal with I will say difficult people? Um. Wow. <laughs> so PR is tough, uh, as is being a lawyer, right? Um, yes. I, I think dealing with it's it's acknowledging that this is the person that you're working with. And it's one of the things actually that drives me today is that when I, I've had the pleasure of working with some of the hardest working people um, in the business, some people who um, are at the tops of their game. Like uh, when you think of the NBA, these are 450 of the best basketball players in the world, right? Um, ooh, wow. And um, it's it, when you see someone work as hard as them, it's hard not to put that same effort in mm. to what you do. Mm. Um, so it motivates me in that manner. But also uh, when I think about uh, the stresses that are going through they're or just empathizing with the stressors that come from being the best at something that mm. you do and and keeping up with that because I, I mean as hard as i try they're trying just as hard at their job and so trying to be a support system for that person is is it's a pleasure yeah that's awesome you you know being inspired by your by your own clients really Mm -hmm. Um, we're going to go into our first break stay with us i'll be back with joy garner again evp and general counsel and corporate secretary for think 450 stay with us for our watch team now the women to watch health watch for health watch i'm dr marianne ritchie ladies i've talked about this topic before but it definitely bears repeating In May of this year, the initial age for colorectal cancer screening was decreased from age 50 to 45 for everyone. Why? Because recent studies show that African-Americans are 20% more likely to develop colorectal cancer and 40% more likely to die from it. We've also seen a remarkable increase in colorectal cancer in patients under the age of 40. Then we add COVID for the perfect storm. The American Cancer Society estimates that between March and June of 2020 alone, 18,000 cases were delayed or missed. Now we add the women's factor. The pink campaigns have done a great job of directing women to have routine mammography, but indirectly, this has led many women to think mammogram and done. Yes, many women think colon cancer is a man's disease, but colon cancer is equal in men and women. And newsflash, when we combine men and women, more people die of colon cancer than breast cancer. 
Colon cancer, the number two cause of death from cancer and probably the most preventable. Other tests like mammograms detect early cancer. Screening colonoscopy finds pre-cancer and removes it before it turns to cancer and finds cancer at an early, more treatable stage. So what can we do to make it easier for people? Here's a great way to address all your women's cancer screenings. Several years ago, I began a program called Pink Plus. A woman can come to Jefferson and have a routine gynecology exam, a mammogram, then a visit with a GI doctor to choose a colon cancer screening test. That's three cancer screenings in one visit. If you're up to date with gynecology, choose the double option, which includes mammogram and brief GI visit. Call Jefferson and schedule a visit with Pink Plus. 215-503-1631. Get two or three women's cancer screenings in one visit. 215-503-1631. Every week I address you as my divas. Remember what I always say, treat yourself like a diva. If you don't take care of yourself, nobody else will. Now the women to watch, military watch. Hi. I'm Carol Eggert, Senior Vice President of Military Affairs at Comcast NBC Universal. This coming Tuesday, July 27th, will mark the 68th year since hostilities ended during the Korean War. We can't say the Korean War ended because no formal peace treaty has ever been signed. Each year on July 27th, the President of the United States issues a proclamation announcing a day of national recognition for Korean War veterans and their families. National Korean War Veterans Armistice Day is a time for our country to remember those who bravely fought to protect freedom and democracy in the Republic of Korea. Over 36,000 Americans lost their lives during the war, and over 100,000 were wounded during this first military action of the Cold War. Near the Lincoln Memorial in Washington, D.C., there are 19 towering seven-foot gray figures, and they're on permanent patrol. There are soldiers, sailors, Marines, and airmen in this squad. The unit is made up of African American, Hispanic, Asian, Native American, and white service members. This powerful scene is part of the National Korean War Veterans Memorial. It honors the 5.8 million service members who served during the Korean War and the first time U.S. military units were not racially segregated since the American Revolution. Though often referred to as the Forgotten War, we should not accept such descriptions. The memorial's inscription perfectly describes what's incredibly special about our nation's military. The inscription reads, Our nation honors her sons and daughters who answered the call to defend a country they never knew and a people they never met. So please take a moment this Tuesday to honor our Korean War veterans. And if you see someone wearing a Korean War hat, please take a moment to thank them for what they did. This is Women to Watch with Sue Rocco. Talk Radio 1210 WPHT. Welcome back to the show. I'm joined today by Joy Garner. And, um, you know, in addition to the role you have now, you're an attorney. Um, tell me what what prompted you to go to law school, which is grueling. <laughs> <laughs> I, I got at the time I was at I was at the MBA doing public relations and I was looking at the top of the MBA's management. And at that time it was uh, David Stern. Uh, uh, 
oh my gosh, I cannot believe this. The, the current commissioner, I cannot believe that his name is escaping me right this Oh, moment. we all Adam have those Smith. moments. It's okay. Oh my God, I cannot. Adam <laughs> Whoa. Um, Mark, everybody was an MBA, a JD MBA. And I thought, uh, this is again, early on in my career, I thought, well, if I want to do well in sports, if I want to advance to these types of, this level, I should I should go back and get a graduate degree as well, and I'll I'll start on a JD. Um, I also one of the things I liked about law school was it wasn't so focused. Uh, you learn how to be a lawyer, you don't learn how to be a specific lawyer. So to me, it thought it I thought of it almost as if um, going back to undergrad with actually having knowing what I wanted to do in the end, right? Mm-hmm. So this would give me a chance to. Um, come out of law school and really direct my energy to to sports and entertainment, to to growing a career there. Um, when I came out, I started in M and A, but it was very planned that I would get the corporate training, um, IP training, and then be able to move on into into the business. Yeah, sports. Do you find, um, I've had so many women who um, went to law school, got a law degree, and then they left the legal profession because something was missing. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, they went on to other careers that uh, just kind of filled a void, you know, in, in is, was there something for you missing that, you know, helped you decide, I don't want to just be an attorney um, and practice law. I want to do something different. Um. It- it was. I see. I didn't have to actually leave being an attorney, because yeah, the, the you, attorney at think the general counsel at Think Four Fifty plays a, a substantial portion uh, part in management. Yeah. Um, and so I could see if I had a, a legal role where I wasn't um, actively a part of the management of the uh, of the organization, that it would be that I'd have to leave. Yeah. Um, I'd not think for 50, but I would have to leave that type of role. I'd have right. to leave a role where I was only doing legal work right. um, because that can be unfulfilling, right? Just that you're, someone else has an idea and you're papering that idea. Maybe mm-hmm. you're giving some advice to it, but you're, you're papering someone else's as opposed to having a, a real seat at the table um, and discussing what, uh, what the idea should be, what the business goals should be. Um, and then managing a legal team. Yeah. 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 Let's, Tell, you know, a lot of the listeners are probably not familiar with Think 450, sure. what what that means and what, you know, what exactly it is um, in relation to the NBA. Okay. So the NBPA, National Basketball Players Association, is the union that represents the 450 players that play for the NBA. So okay. you think of the NBPA like um, any normal union, the electricians union, teachers union, their union. They are formed and they are not, uh, they're formed to fight for the rights of the em- employees, which in our case is players. Okay. They're not um, charged with creating income, creating wealth, or doing a business for that collective group. The PA, uh, PA establishes a, uh, a, su- a subsidiary, which is Think 450. And our subsidi- and the goal of our subsidiary is to create a business line that commercializes the images of the collective group of every player in the NBA. So when the easiest way this shows up is in uh, like video games. Every player needs to be in NBA 2K, right? Because a player wants to, uh, the user wants to select whichever player they want. They want a team. They need the full roster. 
a business would have to go and sign up every single player or they come to think 450 and get a, a license to the entire group. Oh, and so okay. what Think 450 does is we go out and we do deals for on behalf of the whole group um, and our profits are split amongst all 450 players or all the players in the league that year as opposed to you know uh, any one company having to sign up multiple players. So we do group deals as opposed to what an agent would do would be for their their represented their talent. Yeah. So this is not a very creative question, but I would love to know a typical day for you. You know, what what are you doing? Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Place your money line prop or parlay bets with the king of sports books today sign up using code buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet bet mgm and GameSense remind you to play responsibly 21 plus and present in ohio subject to eligibility requirements rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days gambling problem call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with mgm northfield park Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill in a day any given day okay besides um these radio interviews (laughs) (laughs) um so right now we're in budget (laughs) (laughs) um a typical day uh i start off i meet with uh i start the day very 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 early and the first thing i do is typically meet with the president of the company Mm -hmm. um and his first question is always what are we doing today (laughs) He asks you the same question I ask you. Yeah, <laughs> and I yeah. and we go through the top issues of the day. Sometimes they're legal. Sometimes they are uh, employee based. Sometimes I mean we are generally we're we're a company just like any other company that that has all the the belt the, the wonderful things about having uh, employees and all those uh, operations and operational issues yeah. as well. Yeah. Um, uh, and then t- I go to him for, for guidance on what, you know, what does he think? What's, what's my, what's his highest priority? And I'll tell him what generally I try to guide him. It's like, no, oh, this is pretty much, a, this is a hotter button. Yeah. Uh, uh, delegate things out and then the meeting start. Um, yeah. I do probably about by my agreements that I touch now, I probably touch two or three agreements a day. Okay. Um, either negotiating those agreements or talking to the business team about, you know, what should be in like commercial arrangements. Yeah. Um, but most of my day is spent probably uh, on on operational operations management, uh, making sure systems are in place so things run smoothly. Um, and and I get to watch Sports Center. 
<laughs> it's on constantly, right? Right, right yeah. above your desk. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Um, listen, we're going to go into our next break. When we come back, I want to talk to you a little bit about, you know, your, um, I'll say philosophy around negotiations, because I think it's an important, you know, skill um, that women in particular need to have and, and what helps you be successful doing that. Okay. Stay with us for our watch team and I'll be back with Joy Garner. Now, the Women to Watch, Nonprofit Watch. Good evening, Women to Watch listeners. I am Cheryl Mackey, lead of financial empowerment at United Way of Greater Philadelphia and Southern New Jersey. At United Way, we believe in second chances for giving people the opportunity to change their lives for the better. And in that spirit, we invest in programming that provides the formerly incarcerated, known as returning citizens, the opportunity to participate in workforce programming that put them back to work and connect them to the resources to become productive citizens within their communities. More importantly, it connects them to their children and families. Children are oftentimes adversely impacted by experiencing the effects of an incarcerated parent. And the reality is one out of 25 children in the classroom has an incarcerated parent. And upwards of 80% of incarcerated women are mothers. So at United Way, we want to ensure that we are rebuilding families through our efforts and providing opportunities for returning citizens to become gainfully employed and acquire housing stability to be best positioned to care for their families, which in return creates more prosperous communities. For more information on how to get connected to these supports, visit our website at www.unitedforimpact.org or call our helpline 211. I am Cheryl Mackey. Thanks for listening. Hi, Sue Rocco here, host of Women to Watch. Are you a fan of the show? If so, be sure to sign up for our podcast at womentowatch.net so you never miss a show and can listen on your own time. That's women, the number two, watch.net, N-E-T. You're listening to Women to Watch with Sue Rocco on Talk Radio 1210 WPHT. If you're just tuning in, my my guest is Joy Garner, uh, EVP of General, excuse me, and General Counsel and Corporate Secretary for Think 450, um, an arm of the MBA. And um, one of the things, um, Joy, obviously you're stellar at is negotiating. And I wonder if, you you know, a lot of women listen to the show for advice um, because they're starting their own businesses or perhaps they're looking to do some negotiating within the company they work for. Um, what can you share with them about what has what works for you? Uh, can I can I make one correction? Because we're not sure. an arm of the NBA. The NBA oh, is the employer. So- we're the uh, arm of the Players Association, which Got is the it. union. Yes. The Got thing. it. Thank you. No, no problem. Um, one of the biggest points that I think uh, has been. Uh, a point of success for me in negotiating is trying to really understand the driving force behind the other side. There are points when, in my current business, I'm always negotiating. Um, the I'm I'm using or, or our our asset is the faces and names or are the faces and names of professional players, right? Professional basketball players, and so I we always I'm always looking to protect that protect how long those are in the market, uh, protect the reputation, because that's, if I mess up, it really is messing up uh, someone's name and image and likeness and what they can do in the future. 
Um, so th I think the other side can pretty easily see what my what our end goal is and what, what my um, uh, the, the piece that I, I just can't move on. But I think when negotiating, you have to understand with the other side, wh wh what do they really want? Is, it, is, is this just a money play for them? Because if it is, then this is a very short negotiation. There's a number that I can get to, and a number they can get to, and we're gonna we're gonna come to that number pretty easily. But there's there, there's often something else, right? There's often um, the business wants to set a strong uh, a foothold in sports. The business wants to align themselves with players that uh, have certain values. The business, and if you can get to that. And you can understand that that what their motivators are, and it's not often said, right? This is something it's research and preparation prior to negotiation. Then you can typically get through a negotiation as smoothly as possible. Um, I try to approach. I try to be fair. Just I try to be fair. I try to be open, largely because I don't the volume of things that come through. I don't have time to keep playing <laughs> to play games. Yeah, um, yeah. We got. I have an hour for this call. Let's do it in an hour. Um, yeah, yeah. I think that's great advice, right? Here's yeah. the truth. Here's the truth of the matter, right? Right. And here's what we can do for you and, and tell me what, what you're looking for. It can be simple like that. It can be really simple. And I think there's that and it's it's the preparation that goes into it as well. Um, so if, if it's not just I marked up the agreement and I sent it back and, and they sent it back and it's reading what they said and then trying to understand why like trying and really preparing pr before a, a negotiation and trying to understand why they're doing what they're doing because right. it helps you suggest solutions right. and, uh during the call uh things that you 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 might not care about that you could say okay i can give on this because it doesn't matter as much to me mm -hmm. um as as other things and you can tell them when when things do matter to you that's, that's yeah that's i think that's great advice yeah. um you know Joy, because of your job and the people you get to rub elbows with and, you know, engage with, um, you have influence. And I wonder if you can talk about, how, you know, what excites you about um, your ability to influence? In other words, I know you're interested in, in uh, moving forward diversity and inclusion, specifically mm -hmm. in sports. So tell me, why is that important to you and what kinds of things are you doing? Okay. Um, so why is it, it's important to me largely because it affected me. I, I really do believe it affected me. I think some of, there's so many things and that younger women, younger women of color, um, younger men of color, uh, just don't have access to just because they just don't know. They don't know it exists. Like you can't want something that you've never seen, right? Yeah. You can't, you can't want a job that you can't apply for a job that you don't know exists. Right. Um, and so for one of the, the biggest portions of our business is licensing. Um, and that industry historically is uh, it, it's not diverse for a thousand reasons. Um, it started out with manufacturing. There were only certain groups of people who had the land to do manufacturing here um, that broke off into licensing. And it's just a, not a diverse uh, industry. And when you go to colleges, you can't, there's no major, there's no license, right. license yes. project major. So where, how would someone find out that this, this even exists? You, you want to yeah. work in sports, how do you even find out about it? Mm. Um, and when I talk to our players about, uh, about it, and they're like, well, 
are we are we working with diverse license uh, licensees? I'm like, and and sometimes I'm thinking they're not that many. They're <laughs> simply not that many. Right. Um, and so and then you're met with the point of all right, how do we get more diverse licensees? One, like, how do we uh, find companies that want to license NBA uh, products uh, or NBA player images um, uh, from from your non traditional? your non-traditional areas and then how do we let people know that this industry even exists that they can grow up to be a licensee Um, part of the things we're doing is we're working directly with our licensees you would be we have a group to date that are that is very active and, and they understand that this is something that's important to our players and it's something that they that they'll take on as well like so we'll say we'll say who are your interns? Where are you reaching out to get mm. interns? Uh, I, when I get on a call with a new licensee um, and I'm doing the introductory talk, you know, like, oh, I'm Joy, I grew up in Philly. I always say, how did you get into licensing? Where'd you start? Where did you, because if it's a business person, I, I have no idea how they got into it. And sometimes people say, oh, I started in retail. And then that allows me to say the next time I'm in a meeting with someone young, I'm like, you get a job at Dick's, you could end up running. Uh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> great example. Yeah, great example. It's asking the right questions, right? Yeah, and, and yeah. it is. Like, how did yeah. you end up here? And I mm. think that for young people, if they just ask someone how they ended up there, that, that's a good question to ask. Uh, yeah. Listen, we're going to go into our last break, and I will be back with Joy Garner. Stay with us for our watch team. You're listening to Women to Watch. Next is our Coach's Corner podcast, which is a shorter version of our weekly show and can be heard wherever you get your favorite podcast. I'm BJ Gray with this week's Coach's Corner. What is the best way to deal with stress? When chaos ensues, find things that can ground you. Don't feel guilty if you need to make space for some self-care, space for your body to process what's going on. When stress hits, we have a physiological response and pushing too hard can be dangerous. Recently, a friend of mine has been pushing through some high stress while dealing with relationship, child, and work issues all at once. Even as strong and smart as she is, her body eventually gave her a sudden warning sign by responding to the stress with loss of hearing in both ears. She says she now feels like she's underwater. There's a fine line between burnout and stress that affects the body. Burnout's mostly caused by stressful thinking, not overdoing it, but physiological stress is managed by raising your emotional intelligence. Emotional intelligence is recognizing your own emotions, not running from them or pushing through them, but by finding space so you can process them, own them, and understand them. That's the only way you'll stand a chance before your body breaks down. Thanks for listening to this edition of Coach's Corner. Connect with me directly on LinkedIn or at bjgray.com. Until next time, I'm BJ from Coach's Corner. Now, more of Women to Watch with Sue Rocco on Talk Radio 1210 WPHT. Thanks for being with us. I'm joined today by Joy Gardner, the Executive Vice President, General Counsel, and Corporate Secretary for Think 450. And I don't think I can have you on the show, Joy, and not ask you about your um, your views on women in sports. You know, um, what do you think it's going to take to get media more interested in, you know, bringing exposure to, to women athletes and, and the sports they play. Right. Um, 
when I look at the, the women athletes, especially the women basketball players, um, I think of how hard their job is because they work as hard as they work as hard as the men in preparing to to play their sport, and then so often the attention is not on what they do on the court; it's mm-hmm. who they're dating, where they went, yes. <laughs> what they're um, wearing, like, what they're wearing. <laughs> Um, and to be fair, the men get the what you're wearing and who they date attention to, but they, uh, there's a lot more focus for the women. Um, what, it, what would it take to get the media interested in, in the sports? I, I got to tell you, I don't know. There's some sports where uh, people actually, I think people enjoy watching women more than others, right? So I think I, I would imagine that... Uh, women gymnastics is more popular than male gymnastics. Um, Certainly Simone Biles, you know, she's amazing. Yeah, yeah. Uh, That's just me as a spectator looking, saying like, I think more women and and watching what the coverage is, right? I think media is, um, how do you get media interested? I I think maybe exposure when we're younger, when we're younger uh, to the, if, 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 uh, the leagues are reaching out to the youth a little bit more mm. um, because the average, I think the average woman quit, quits whatever sport she's in uh, when she's in the fifth or sixth grade um, and, and and never picks up the ball, whatever that is again. Mm. Um, and so if we could do something probably right there in that turn, in that period. Yeah, I agree. I then, agree because I was one of those girls, you know what I yeah. mean, who played and, and then just didn't continue yeah. it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and and it's and the funny thing, it's not something that you would have done with uh, with an instrument, right? Like I think of like a lot of people play instruments and and then they they quit sometime in high school, mm-hmm. but with with sports, people they quit and never play again. Um, I think I've seen ads or I've seen ad campaigns where um, co- corporations. Are looking at the Gen Zers and the women who who still play sports after work now. Mm-hmm. Um, I look at those women and all. I'm, I'm at the end of the day, I'm exhausted. So the fact that we have a group of women here um, that at the end of the day goes down and they play in our gym. Yeah. Is impressive. Oh my impressive. gosh. <laughs> yes. Yes. Highly impressive. <laughs> You know, I always thought that, you know, sports really is such a reflection of life. And I'll never forget when my son, who played um, high school football and lacrosse, came home and, and I said, what, you know, what are you enjoying most about, about playing, specifically football? And he said, Mom, I'm learning so much about life. Um, you know, would you agree with that, that everything that comes with sports has so yeah. many good character building opportunities? Yes. A- absolutely. I think that in sports, uh, one of my one of my questions that I ask myself quite often is, "Am I doing my best? Is is this my best? Could, could my best be better?" Um, mm. And I think that that's in sports. There, you're asking yourself that every second of the game, right? Is right. this my best yes. effort? How yes. can my best be better? Um, and I and that's something you get from sports. That's a drive you get from sports and yeah. athletics in general. Yeah. Tell me about your. Um, I know that you have stressful days in in the role that you're in. What is your mantra for moving through those moments of anxiety and fear mm-hmm. and stress? Uh, 
it's it, the mantra would be this is going to pass and so i am very much a, if you if i keep plowing through it 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 will end and it'll get that stress will be over and get done um but i think it's very important especially for, for me it's very very important once those things have closed to figure out why it was so stressful what what was wrong um where i could have done better um and acknowledging when i'm the actual issue right did i procrastinate uh, yeah. and think this was going to take me three hours when it took a week. Um, <laughs> like, is <Yeah>. it, <laughs> a big part of it is doing self-reflection when you're through it um, yeah. and acknowledging when it was me. Um, yeah. when, and when it's not me, how can I fix it so it doesn't happen again, right? Like, it, and it, it, to the extent it was because I procrastinated, why did I procrastinate? Could I have delegated this to someone else that would have done it and taken it, uh, taken this job on? And I wouldn't have been as stressed. I mean, yeah. because it would have been something. It would have been something that they really cared about. It's something that that ended up working my day into. Yeah, it's it's never days. as it's never as um, uh, I don't want to say important, but it's just never as bad as we think, right? And when you come back and look too, right? back, right? It, we will. It ends. Correct. <laughs> I, I tell I tell people all the time I'm like the ball all star or the ball is going to be tipped off at 802 whether whether I I get this done or not so we got to push through yeah. so this can happen yeah well listen I'm gonna let you go and uh, big game tomorrow night right is it it's tomorrow game. night yes. huge game yes, huge game we'll We're be watching so happy yeah um, I thank you so much for taking the time Joy Thanks I know how busy you are I appreciate it. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you That's it, everyone, for another week of Women to Watch. Stay tuned next week for my conversation with Taree Riley. She is with um, Redwire Space. She's the manager there. Have a great week, everyone. Thanks for listening to Women to Watch with Sirocco, a Jacob Media production. If you're interested in learning more about the power of the radio hour, contact Joe Kraus at 267-261-3428. Not reflect the views of WPHD or its management. Today's program has been pre-recorded. Introducing Wondersuite from Bluehost.com, the tool that makes WordPress wonderful for everyone. Website creation is hard, but now with Bluehost, you can answer a few simple questions about your business and goals, and the Wondersuite tools will automatically lay out your WordPress website or store in minutes. Seriously. From there, you can customize your design, pick your brand colors and add blocks, no custom theme or coding required. You'll get content suggestions that you can keep or revise. And with Yoast SEO built in, we automatically help you get found in search engines. From step-by-step -step guidance to suggested plugins to an AI-powered help bot, our built-in tools make WordPress wonderful for everyone. Whether you're a beginner or a pro, you can join over 2 million Bluehost users. Go to bluehost.com slash wondersuite. That's bluehost.com slash wondersuite.